What have we been talking about? We've been talking about a tour of the kingdom. And I'm going to take you on another tour, or we're going to continue our tour from last week. We didn't finish the tour. We won't finish it for maybe, wow, we won't finish it till the Lord says to finish it. Um, I heard three months, and I didn't expect that, so I had to hold up to verify that that's okay. But, but we've got to get trained on how you really are. And so we're going to talk about how that part of this process works, and we're going to do that right now. All right. As we stroll through the kingdom of God on this tour, you're going to notice some things about God that you have never noticed about him before. There are things in God that are hidden. They are called mysteries. Mysteries are supposed to be unraveled. And you unravel the mystery in part by asking questions. Did you know that God wrote poetry? Did you know that God wrote poetry about you? What is that poem? Songs of Solomon is a good place, but that's really more about lovers who should be having intimacy in your family. Marcus, why do amens drop when you're only speaking the truth? Husbands and wives are supposed to be enjoying intimacy. Are there some things that you don't want to hear in church? Somebody told me the other day that somebody said they don't want me to talk about politics. How can you take something out of the world that's in the world? That is so important to God that your ignorance is the problem and the lack of his word becomes a greater problem on that issue. Can you, I mean, can you help me with this? Again, we're not talking about being religious and I'm not talking about promoting candidates. I'm telling you about how to get in position for what God wants you to think. And it will affect every aspect of your life, including the poem that God wrote about you. We're going to narrow it down in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. If you get a chance, put that up. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God ordained that we walk in them beforehand. All right, let's read that again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God ordained, the good works, beforehand that we should walk in them. The word workmanship is the word pronounced poema. Everyone say poema. So we are his poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should walk in them. And these works were ordained beforehand. We are his what? Poema. That word means that which was made, crafted, and fashioned together. As the poema of God, as the poema of God, we are made, crafted, and fashioned together. The rest of that definition implies that we are the workmanship of somebody. Amen. Which makes you a masterpiece if God is that somebody. You might as well just look at somebody and say, I'm looking pretty, I'm looking pretty good right now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. See, because you're his masterpiece. We're not talking about what your flesh looks like. We're talking about who you really are. You are the poema of God. Everyone say poema. 
Therefore, if God is writing poems about you, in the real context of this verse, you are the poem. You are what he's written about. You are his masterpiece. So when you look at it that way, to discover what you are is to walk in what you should become. All right, we'll keep going. Let's go to the next phase here. Righteousness is a part of the kingdom of God, correct? Yes, sir. Put up Matthew 6 and 33. We talked about this on the tail end of last week. We went through chapter 6, verses 24 through 33. Everyone knows that verse, for we uh, but seek first the kingdom of God, right? And his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. When it comes down to that, the first part of that verse in chapter, verse number 24 says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Then he goes on to say, this is what the heathen is concerned about. Why are they concerned about it? Well, he goes on to say they can't add an extra inch to their height. Uh, they like the flowers. They don't toil. They don't spin. Your heavenly father knows what you need. So your first order is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all the so your two jobs as a kingdom citizen is to do what? Seek the kingdom and then seek his righteousness. Is it right for you to not know the poem you are? Is it right for you to not know the kind of workmanship God created when he thought about you? So your life's pursuit should not be checking out what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, and what you're going to eat more than finding out who am I because I am God's poema. If I'm his poem and I don't know what's written on me, I might be offline. I might be in a, in a stanza that belongs to somebody else's life because my craftsmanship, that which I am fashioned after, that which I am made for, requires my study. I can tell that maybe you're just thinking because I think sometimes we know other people a little bit more than we should because of the time spent checking out God's workmanship in them. We should be thinking about what kind of workmanship went into making me the way that I am. And the question ought to be, as I seek the kingdom, am I actually on the right script? Am I speaking my lines? Am I the poema that he had in mind or am I an imposter? Living somebody else's words because those words have greater weight than the words that he spoke. Let's look at this word righteousness, but seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, the word righteousness there is very powerful and it has two components with two components that connect with it. So here's the easiest way to say it. The definition is by itself is a long Greek word. I'm not going to go into it. The main thing about his righteousness is it is basically the state or condition of a person as they ought to be. The poem God had in mind. So however you are supposed to be, when you are being that, 
Your poema, poem, the parts of you that are working are actively the way God intended for it to be. Okay. For example, some of you are mild-mannered. Some of you are more aggressive. Some of you are thinkers. Some of you are very just happy. Some of you are uh, contemplative. Uh, others of you are curious. Some of you are lazy. And that's not an attribute God gave you. Okay. Um, some of you think that God can't work through you. That's called deception. And, and so, so you got a lot of things that make you who you are. But when it comes to righteousness, the state or condition of a person as they ought to be is what we're dealing with as a kingdom citizen. Okay, we ought to have a relationship with the king. It shouldn't just be the people that you know the king called. Because if you think that way, why are you exempt? Because many are called. Right. You get chosen not for the fivefold ministry only. You get chosen by your willingness to do what God called you for. That's how the process works. So the first order of business is this word generally. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means what's right generally for you. Okay. Now, if you take this to another more from a narrow or from a broad vantage point to a narrow vantage point, you pull in some interesting words. And this is the definition now. That word righteousness comes from a word that literally is connected to justice. All right, so think about it in these terms. Is it just, according to the speed limit, if it says 55 and you're doing 70? It's not just. Um, suppose you're late. It's not just. Suppose, you know, you're che checking out your brand new car that you got by faith and the blessings of the Lord paid it off, and you're just testing to see how fast it can go. It's still not just because... Righteousness is connected to the way that things ought to be in you and the way things should matter if you went to court. That's the word righteousness. Because we're talking about a tour of the kingdom now, right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what's right is what's right for you. Take it to the second level. It's what's right if you presented you to a court. Okay, let's go to the second tier definition. The wide part of righteousness, which is the root of where the word came from, seek first the kingdom of God and what's right. The core of that word literally means keeping the commands of God. Keeping the commands of God requires that we know them. Let's give you the cliff note version. Two big ones up against the 613. And the first one is to do what? Yeah, with what? What else? All your soul with all your might, all your strength, right? What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself, love people, right? If you do those two things, the rest of them are covered. If you don't do those two things, don't talk about the ones you do do. That's very important as a, as a kingdom citizen because God understands you're going in and you're coming out almost like radar in the sky tracking you with a monitor that does not have to have mechanics. In other words, the beacon of God's ability to find out where you are is because he knows everything. So to that end, we should walk with a consciousness. There's a scripture that says, knowing that the end is coming, what kind of person ought we be given the things we see? You shouldn't have to have a news headline to act right. 
you shouldn't have to have a stick, a bad circumstance in order to get your attention, right? So this, this word in a general sense is again talking about the commandments of God. If you narrow this down, this is what righteousness, but seek first the, finish it with me, kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word righteousness in its core essence to narrow it down to you means to render to each his due. And that in a judicial sense. So this word righteousness now, y'all, is a governmental term. I'm talking heavenly government, which means as a citizen, there are things that we've got to know about how the kingdom operates in order for you to be rightly aligned as the poema of God. And it don't start with anybody else. It starts, starts with his poem about you because you are God's poem. You are his expression, and even in a legal sense, it's not right for you to be a different expression than what he made. Amen. All right, so we got to go a little bit further, because I don't, I don't think you, you, you have, I have connected you with this yet. So let's go to this next point. If the righteousness of God in me is a poem, and I don't understand what I'm supposed to be living, it is absolutely lawful for the enemy to have an advantage. That's right. I can pray all day. I can fast all night. But until I line myself up, the enemy can actually do some things without having to check with God because you are not on script. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace, right? So I'm not saying God's trying to pluck you off with the enemy. I'm just trying to make it real, real clear that we have got to know what we're here for. Not, not your purpose yet. Just what did God write on your heart? And that means we're going to really have to spend time paying attention. How many of you are glad that the Baltimore Ravens lost last night? Not many of you. How many of you are glad that the Saints lost last week? How many Saints fans who that bill are frustrated that your team is watching? Thank you. All right. I knew y'all in here. I knew y'all in here. And my heart goes out to you. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is, the Saints are at home and all the other teams are at home except for the ones who are still playing. All of them had playbooks that they ran their plays by. And um, only a few teams are now still reading the book. Right. Because there's uh, just a few of them still in the game. Could I use that term to give you this reality? It is the player's responsibility to know the plays. If the coach has said, all right, that would be Jesus saying, come in. Now you're on the team and check it. You didn't even try out. You didn't try out to become a believer. You ain't working for Jesus a long time and I ain't not, I'm not tired yet. That ain't how this goes. That's religion. I'm talking about you came into Christ in an instant. You believe you spoke instantly. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, right? So you became brand new, but you don't know what's on the pages of your life until you spend time. And here's the sad reality in America. More people in America know more about what's happening in the NFL than they do what's happening with God in them. I'm encouraging you to accept the level of this training that you got to know how you are and not stay that way. 
because there's a glory to glory waiting on you. It's a part of what God does. And if you stay at glory because you like it and the people who like you at that glory level, if you keep staying there, you're missing on your next growth opportunity. So you must find out that the kingdom actually works. Here you go. Not just mm, foundationally, it works from righteousness from God to you, but it secondarily operates in righteousness with me to God. If I don't know what's right in terms of what he wants from me, I might be running your play because it's all right between you and God, but I'm not running my play because God didn't tell me to do what you're doing. All right, I'll stop there. Let you breathe.